Welcome, listeners, and thank you for joining us for this Vetfolio educational podcast brought to you in part by Merck Animal Health. We're pleased that you've decided to join us as we explore how to engage the client on the topic of year-round flea and tick control with our guest speaker, Dr. Craig Pryor. Born and raised in Australia, Dr. Pryor represented Australia at the 1982 World's Fair in Knoxville, Tennessee, before graduating from the University of Queensland in Brisbane with a degree in veterinary medicine in 1984. He moved to the United States in 1985 and joined the staff of Murphy Road Animal Hospital in 1986. He has served as a subject matter expert on shows like Today at Home on HGTV, Fox and Friends on Fox News, The Daily Buzz, and The Talk of the Town. He's even been quoted in the New York Times on the subject of pet obesity and dog fancy on the subject of canine osteoarthritis. In addition, Dr. Pryor is a veterinary consultant to international PR companies and ad agencies. Dr. Pryor is also the president of the Companion Animal Parasite Council. Dr. Pryor, we'd like to turn today's podcast over to you. Today, so we're back again. We've set the stage for we need to start engaging the clients now. So let's talk about engaging the clients and how we do this. And let's talk about this whole scenario, how we can do this better to target that 65% to grow our parasiticide market. So firstly, I want to set up the stage by talking about our profession and what we're doing in our profession that parasiticides are no longer sexy. So I've been practicing for 33 years now. And when I first started practicing, fleas and ticks were just such a horrendous, horrendous problem. And we used to spend so much time educating clients and examining about what to do. We didn't have very good products and it was very frustrating. And we send the clients out with a couple of grocery bags full of products and say, you know, we educate them about everything they need to do. And then we'd sort of say, but we need you to come back next week and buy all this stuff again because you're going to continue to have this flea infestation problem. And then we started in the mid-90s seeing these great new products come out. And since then, we've had even better products come out. So the whole landscape has changed. But as that landscape has changed, our conversations have shortened and shortened and shortened to the point that now we just say to them, well, you need to use this product. And it may be once a month, it might be once every three months, it may be an oral, maybe a topical, it may be whatever, and say, this is all you need to do, it'll solve your problem. It's a very, very short conversation. I find that many veterinarians now don't want to sound like salesmen as well. They feel like selling parasiticides to a client is a sales pitch. I would challenge them to think of this differently. At the end of the day, all we have to sell is our knowledge. And it's our knowledge on how best to work up liver disease, how best to fix a tongue cruciate, or which is the best parasiticide to use on their pet. And so we need to engage these clients because the clients are looking to us for that recommendation. They go to Walmart or Costco for a choice, and they can get a choice when they go there. But they don't want a choice. They want us to tell them what to use. We know the client. We know the patient. We know their family. We know their lifestyle. We should be the ones making a recommendation of what is the best product for them to use and not give them a choice. And that will help you target that 65%. Because clients don't want a choice. They want us to help them solve their problem. And so in practice, we know that a huge growth area is parasiticides. In fact, the Companion Animal Parasite Council proved that. So back in 2015, 
the Companion Animal Parasite Council did a study where we went out and polled clients all over the country and we collated it and the study was called the Connecting to Today's Clients. What we found was nine out of 10 pet owners say they want to be notified if there's a high instance of parasites in their county. 89% of pet owners would likely schedule an appointment with their veterinarian for testing and discussion should they, if they knew that there was a high instance of parasites in their county. Two out of three pet owners want to be alerted immediately by email, phone call, or postcard. And lastly, three out of four pet owners want to know more about parasite testing from their veterinarian. And I stress, from their veterinarian, not from the kid at the big box store that's being paid minimum wage to push the products that make them the most profit. And it's the product that we wouldn't use on our own animal. The clients want to hear it from the veterinarian. So that's, I think, very, very important. I think the other thing that's very important too, understanding about clients is that so often when clients walk in the door, we may ask them something and they say no, and it's at that point that that conversation is shut down. And so you may make a recommendation to a client and say, we think that you should be using this as a flea tick parasite prevention, and the client just says, no, I'm good. Well, oftentimes we just write on the chart or somewhere on the client record the client declines. And at that point, it's not talked about again. But what we need to understand is it often takes, depending on who you talk to, who you listen to, it can take up to seven no's to get a yes. I've heard five no's to get a yes, but the average can take seven no's to get to a yes. So that client walked in, and we asked them if they needed something. They said no, and they're not using anything. And we don't ever talk about it again. It's six more business before we can get them to a yes. But if they hear the same recommendation from the receptionist and then from the technician and then from the doctor, there's three no's right there. If they see written materials about it and then visuals on the wall, the client at that point has heard at least five. And so we may have had five no's there, but the client is hearing a consistent message from the whole practice that everyone is talking about and I call it one voice, one message, that everyone in that practice is on the same page about what the recommendations are. And so the client hears it consistently, we will get them to yes faster because the client then realizes that this practice is really serious about this. They are concerned about it. They think it's important. I need to listen and I need to understand it. And probably the next time they come in, you may get them to a yes. I think it's also very, very important in practices that we understand the products, but we also, we don't be a Walmart, that we do product consolidation, that we should know the products and then we should have limited products. So I've always chosen what I consider to be either best in class, most cost effective or both. And so in my practice, I've carried one collar, one topical and one oral. And what you find is that your staff will firstly cheer you for that because it makes their job easier. It's easier learning for them to only have to know one collar, one topical, one oral. It also makes it easier for them to talk to the clients. And there's not as many products to go through. And so, you know, if you've got eight different fleet tick products on the shelf and you go through it with the clients, the clients just glaze over because they're not getting a recommendation, they're getting a choice. They'll finally say, well, you know, I'll just go home and think about it. And they'll go home and think about it by using the Internet. And next thing you know, you'll get a fax from PetMed Express because PetMed Express can tell you what to use even if you can't. 
but the trouble is PetMed Express will often recommend something that's not in the owner's best interest because they make the most profit out of it. That's something that we wouldn't otherwise use. I also recommend having your own online store. I always have. It's very profitable. It's the way you can fight back against the Internet. If you have the right online store, the prices are always comparable. You have somewhere to send your clients to fight the Internet, and you can do it very, very successfully, and your clients appreciate the convenience. I've always done, you know, when I'm fighting the Internet, I've always done it where a client wants it from the Internet. I'll ask them if it's for cost or convenience. And if it's cost or price match, and typically I've got bad prices anyway, and if it's convenience, I'll happily mail it to them for free. So I fight the Internet very successfully and win. The next thing I think we need to do is to help educate the clients and know how to educate the clients. And that's where CAPC maps comes in. So CAPC stands for the Companion Animal Parasite Council. And on our website, we have the Companion Animal Parasite Council map. We've got all kinds of different parasites up there. We've got the tick-borne disease map. We've got Lyme, Ehrlichia, Anaplasma. We've got intestinal parasites up there. We've got heartworm up there. We've got canine heartworm, feline heartworm antibody, feline heartworm antigen. So lots of different things. But you can actually look at the maps by year and then by month. You can look at it for the U.S. You can look at it by state. And you can look at it by county. And what it shows is the number of positive tests that are in your county. And why am I stressing county? It's important because it's in your county, it's in your backyard. And so it's another way to engage the clients. When the clients say, well, I don't think I've got a problem in my county, you know, in my backyard, I don't think I need to use anything for ticks. Well, you can then say, well, let's have a look here. So our website is actually tuned in so that you can actually look it on any computer, tablet, or smartphone. And so you can bring it up in the exam room and show the client their county and show the incidence of, say, Lyme disease in the county and say, well, look, you are at risk. Your pet is at risk. And as far as Lyme data goes, if there's a CDC has got a wonderful paper out that says if there's a 5% incidence in your county, there's a direct correlation to the risk for human infection. So dogs are actually a sentinel for human infection in Lyme disease. That's important. It's not just protecting. What we're trying to do is not just protect the pet. We're trying to protect the family. And so educating the clients about this is so important. The other thing you can do on the CAPC maps, there's a little link there that says sign up for updates. And so you can sign up for updates. And what we would do is on a monthly basis send you what the incidence of positive tests were on the previous month in your county. Now we've got another story. And so what you can do is, I've seen a lot of clinics do this, you can get a whiteboard, put it on your reception desk, and you say, last month, and so I practice in Davidson County, Tennessee, so it may say something like, last month in Davidson County, Tennessee, there were 56 new cases of heartworm disease. Did you remember to give your pet its heartworm prevention this month? If not, talk to us. It may say, Last month in Providence County, there were 150 new cases of Lyme disease. Are you using your tick prevention? If not, you need to talk to us. It's a way to engage those clients. I've seen people put it up on TVs in their waiting room or exam rooms. I've seen people put them up on posters. Any way we can engage the clients, what we're trying to do is tap them on the shoulder and open up a conversation. It's a chance to educate, and when you educate you will then make a recommendation that the clients will hopefully follow. 
And if they don't, we go from seven no's to get to a yes. We've just got to keep on reminding them of why we're there, that we are there to protect their pet, protect their family. Reminder systems, I think, are very, very important. And I think one of the biggest things we need to do with reminder systems now is, one, is have them, but two is the first step of using your reminder system is actually not using it. It's actually forward booking or forward scheduling. So it not only improves compliance, but it helps simplify appointment booking, improving overall pet health. So the first thing you should do is that you make a recommendation to a client, and it can be for anything. You may say to the client, I need to see Fluffy back in three months to repeat an ACTH stem. Well, we need to forward book that. You may say to the client, I need to see a Bucky back in two weeks for your analysis. We need to forward book that. You may say that I need to see you back in six months for your next semi-annual health exam. We need to forward book that. So not only forward booking that, and it goes from receptions to doctors, the whole practice is involved in communicating the forward booking message. But then we need to have reminders set up in our computer systems for every single one of these. So if you say to the client, I need to see you in eight weeks, there's a reminder for that. We need an EKG in six months, there's a reminder for that. We need to have a ultrasound in a year, there's a reminder for that. Set your reminder systems up to do that and then make sure you send them out. And, you know, there's differing degrees of how many reminders you want to send to them. But you can send out postcards, and postcards are really starting to go by the wayside, but they do have their place because there are some clients that will respond to a postcard. Text messaging and emails, and, you know, especially with the millennials now, text messaging is huge. And if you don't text message, you should be. So emails, text messages, and this is not only for reminders, but this is for appointment reminders as well. So you can actually confirm appointments using text message or email as well. So any recommendation or any product, and products as well, should have a reminder. And you can set up your reminder system that if you sell a client a six-month of a heartworm or a flea tick prevention, then there should be a reminder to remind them to come back and buy more. And going back to that, just talking about, you know, we're selling oftentimes a three-month or six-month of a product, and, you know, I've already talked to you about compliance of, you know, we're seeing an average of only about two months, people only buying about two months of a product. You know, we sit back and go, well, I can remember that client bought six months or that client bought three months or whatever. So I think my compliance numbers should be higher. It goes actually goes back to Banfield does some good number crunching as well. And Banfield did a report. It was back in 2011. They found that clients were actually in 2011 comfortable waiting. I believe the actual number was 11.4 months between visits. Well, they repeated the same study back in 2014, and they found that the average gap between visits had actually gone from 11.4 months to 16.9 months. That's almost a year and a half. Clients are comfortable waiting 18 months between visits. So I recommend semi-annual exams. So if I see a client for semi-annual exam and I sell them six months worth of product, a free tick product, and they don't come back for a year and a half, they've gone a year without protection. And that's huge. That's troubling. We've got to do a better job. Staff training is important. I call it one voice, one message. So one voice, one message is that the client hears the same message no matter who they talk to in the practice. So that means that if the kennel assistant brings a pet up from grooming and the client has already checked out, they've called for the animal to come up, 
and the owner makes a comment to the kennel assistant that said there's something like, you know, I'm having a really bad problem with fleas, the kennel assistant can ask them a leading question that leads to a direct product recommendation. And the question would be as simple as, what's your tolerance of fleas and ticks? And I love that leading question because there's really only one answer to that leading question. So what's your tolerance to fleas and ticks? None. That's so easy. And so the client answers none. So the kennel assistant says, well, this is what we recommend. Let me take you up to the receptionist. They can explain it further to you and get you some of this. It's a very easy concept that everyone in the practice is on the same page and has the same message. The other thing we do is we need to change the way we ask questions. We so often ask closed-ended questions. A closed-ended question is simply a yes-no question. It'd be something like we take a client in the exam room and the technician says, do you have enough of your flea tick medication today? Well, the default answer to that is yes. And the reason being is the client is busy. And even if the receptionist reminded them to bring in what they have or asked them to check what their supply is like, the client forgot. So when they get to us and come in the exam room, we ask them, do you have enough of your flea tick medication? They have no clue. They don't want to tell you they don't have any clue. They just don't want to have to deal with that, so they just answer default, yeah, I'm fine, thanks. What we should be asking is, what flea medication are you currently using, and when did you last give or apply it? Totally different question, totally different answers. And so you might get answers like the client goes, well, I'm using, and they go, you know what, I don't have any. Or they may say, I'm using product X, which is, an OTC that they're buying at one of the big box stores that you know is just a really bad product. And so now you have an opportunity to educate them better and discuss with them about your better product at an equivalent price. And so you can give them a better recommendation. Or you may ask them what heartworm parasite prevention you're using when you last give or apply it. And they may say, I'm using product Z and a lot. And they pause and suddenly go, oh man, I haven't given it in two months. Now we have a totally different conversation and we have totally different recommendations and now we've got to do a heartworm test and we've got more education to do. We've just expanded that exam and made it a better exam. It's better medicine. It's better for the patient. It's better for the client. It's better for the practice. So what we're trying to do is open up discussions with these clients and with the discussions comes education and then product recommendations. We always want to open-ended questions. That's so important because what you're trying to find out is the pockets of the resistance. And so if the client seems resistant, you may say to them, well, what are your concerns today? And so there are ways of making it cost-effective for the clients, whether it's done on monthly payments, whether it's done using your online store with monthly delivery, with monthly billing of it, so it makes it more cost-effective for them. It may be explaining to them about how they can buy a year supply at a discounted rate, it's whatever you want to do. It may be that they've got concerns about safety. So it's about educating about the product and its safety profile, which may be far superior to something else that they're buying over the counter somewhere else. Or there may be something else that's going on in their lives. That this, you know, the pocket resistance isn't about us. It's about something else going on in their lives, and they just need to discuss it. And once they get through that, then they're open to what we have to say. And lastly, as far as the doctors goes, what I like doctors to do is when they're talking about a product, I'd like to hear them say, this is what I recommend. The other thing I like to hear them say is, 
this is what I use on my pet. That's what the client's waiting to hear. They want to know that you would use it on your own pet. And in fact, I've had some products that say, you know, this is a new product. You may be concerned about it. I wouldn't be the first animal that was treated in this practice was my own. And the client felt very much more at ease when they heard that. So I've enjoyed being with you all today. I hope I've given you food for thought. I hope I've given you tools that you can take back and use properly in practice tomorrow. And I wish you all the best of success. Thank you, listeners, for spending time with us today. We hope that you found the information shared in this session useful. If you'd like to learn more about this topic, please be sure to check out related programs, which you can access from vetfolio.com. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, Merck Animal Health, for their support. Let us know what you thought about this session or other topics you'd like to hear on future podcasts. You can connect with the Vetfolio team via email at support at vetfolio.com.